today's episode of Just So Y'all Know is being sponsored by sharing a space with more than one person, something like an Airbnb or a hotel, or even sleeping over at somebody's house and leaving just enough toilet paper to not have to be the one to change the roll. <laughs> you really want to be an evil bitch? Leave five squares of toilet paper left. That's the perfect kind of strategic laziness that wins championships. We want rings in 2019. We want trophies. And that's how you do it. Who actually wants to refill the role? Come on. Come on. Come on. Save yourself. Wipe your own ass. And leave somebody else to be, as they say, shit out of luck. I just need a super woke bed, you know. <laughs> Ready, okay, S-T-F-U. You don't know the shit that you think you do. You smugly. It's smugly. You smugly. This is Just So Y'all Know with Idrizi. Well, well, well. <laughs> Long time no see, hear chat hang out I don't know I don't know what y'all think this is whenever you tune in but either way it's been a long time um it's me your girl Idrizi aka FKA Twix aka putting all the pieces back together (laughs) I guess I should say young in front of it like your rap name is Young or like Lil and then I guess what you're manifesting. So I'm Young putting the pieces back together. Lil emotional and financial, not financial. <laughs> young, Lil emotional and financial stability. That's how they know me in these streets. Anyways, um, I just want to start this episode by um, saying ashe to all the oldies R&B girls today, all of us. Um, those of us whose family members were always playing Luther and Stevie and them, like, it blows my mind how many older black people will be out here, you know, always trying to clown because that is what they do best at times. Um being like, ooh, what you know about that right there, young blood? And you're like, literally, the only secular music my parents listened to was on KISS 104.1, the radio station. Shout out to all my ATL hoes. Um, so don't even try to play me right now. Like, we definitely had the Tom Joyner morning show on on the way to school, learning the words to Pretty Wings by Maxwell, while I'm doing my homework in the back seat, you know, shit like that. Like, please, don't ask me what I know about this. Like, this is all I know, okay? Um, before I got into all of my rap music that y'all swear y'all don't like, because it's nasty, I was listening to Uncle Charlie, <laughs> the Gap Band, you know, um, say these same things just over a, a nicer beat. And I guess just with more innuendos. 
rap is more like less fuck r&b is like sweet lady <laughs> it'll have like the piano in the background or something maybe a horn and it's you know a voice over the microphone not quite singing just kind of floating above the beat being like you know sweet lady you've always uh been on my mind and in the back someone's like been on my mind and you're like okay and they're like and uh i just can't stop thinking about you and the people in the back are like no no can't stop thinking about you and then they're like and i uh i just want to let you know all the feelings i have inside of my body and put them all up in your body and we can be feeling those things together. And for some reason, that is cleaner to them than the the music that we listen to today. It's a farce, okay? But anyways, Ashe to everybody who knows the words, without even thinking twice, to an entire library of crooning R&B jams. We matter, and I'm recognizing us on this day, okay? Um, I'd also like to say Ashe to every black church group, family reunion, and or birthday celebration doing the all white parties at this moment in time. Grown and sexy is an established black people aesthetic, and it always pairs well with an all white party, literally every time, every single time. So, um, thank y'all so much for that. I love the pics. Keep them coming, please. The aunties, you know, being like, oh, you know, me and um, Donald had to step out this evening. And you're like, literally, Uncle Donald just has on a linen suit and those same lattice sandals, but in white or maybe some white gaiters. But you really came to stunt on them. And I love that. <laughs> the versatility, you know, the, the versatility, the diversity, all of that represented at a black family's all white party is a unique um, cultural experience 10 out of 10 would recommend I can't wait until I reach the proper auntie status to host one I feel like I don't know it seems like a rite of passage you know what I mean only mine will be with a twist you know what I'm saying I I just always have to do something extra it's in my DNA um, because I'm a Gemini and so I can see myself doing like an all-white party but it's a barbecue. <laughs> um, like a real messy ass barbecue. And I'll be like, well, since everybody wants to be so damn messy, here y'all go. Here's like 10 different types of barbecue flavors and no napkins. Let the games begin. But like also I feel like mine is going to be no kids allowed. Sorry. Y'all can talk about me all you want, but you also don't have to come if you don't want to. Mm -mm. JJ and them cannot come. Jaden and Jalen and all that, no, they got to be, they cannot come to the all-white party. Sorry, that's not happening. But yeah, I am, um, I'm very happy to see all of those pics floating around the internet and on people's social media and stuff. I just, I love an all-white party. I love I love that black people do that. I really do. 
So, <clears throat> obviously, it's been a long time. That's the big old elefante in the room. Um, a lot's gone on. I feel like <sighs> we just went through some tings. I feel like every time I'm on a hiatus, which is literally all the time, um, it's always because I'm going through some tings. But, I mean, I was finishing my master's, so there's that. And this summer just put a hurting on me, you know what I mean? Growing pains, friends, those are real. And I was dealing with that. I was trying to finish my master's. Like I said, I was trying to do some self-reflecting, trying to grow from some things that really hurt me. And, you know, as they say, crushed me. And it's hard to try to pick those pieces up and rebuild and be able to look at yourself and your life and other people the same way after the fact. Um, and then on top of that, you just kind of realize the world is continuing to move forward. And even if you are stuck in a space of confusion or frustration or just like trying to get your shit together, everything isn't frozen around you. So trying to navigate those things has been a challenge. Let me tell you, I've been glued to my co-star, bitch glued to it because all this wild shit has been going on and I've just been like let me look at the cosmos let me see what's going on in my chart and in other people's charts because people have really been wilding this summer like there have been some ups and downs some energy that has really been a lot for me and sometimes I have to literally be like you know what let me check their co-star today because maybe it says that they're 100% just being a bitch not that bitch they're just a bitch today so, <laughs> um, it's okay because obviously we are not stationary beings in terms of our physical selves, but also emotions and things. And I respect that, but it's just been a lot, you know, Gemini season really was about learning, <laughs> teaching me something new cancer season. I really didn't cry in cancer season. Like I thought, but shit was just wild. Things were going on. I was really uh, trying to figure some shit out, um, you know, Leo season, I really toughed that one out, and we made it out on the other side, we survived the retrograde, which was really on some fuck shit, I literally felt a weight lifted off me, like, I didn't know that it was ending, I remember waking up and being like, I feel different today. Like, I actually feel hopeful about something in life for once. <laughs> but, um, and then I went to CoStar, because, you know, CoStar always sends you um, a notification at the worst time. And by worst, I mean, like, it waits till you are 0.3 nanoseconds away from committing some bullshit to send you a message that's like, hello. Uh, the stars are telling you today not to commit to no bullshit. And you're like, really, co-star? I was literally about to start the bullshit. Why are you telling me this now? Because now, if I do it, I'm directly disobeying you. And if I don't, I mean, you're going to take all the fucking credit. Like, fuck you. Um, But also, thank you. <laughs> so I was checking my co-star a lot because a lot of shit was just happening. Leo season was very wild. A lot of ups and downs. But it actually was treating me pretty well. But a pattern that I noticed this summer was that people were 
actually kind of going through it during their own seasons. So, like, I mentioned that Gemini season was rocky and it was definitely a teaching moment. You know what I'm saying? For me, a Gemini. But then I have friends who are cancers who are like, bro, cancer season really put in that work. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, damn. It was pushing and pulling and working that ass like fucking saltwater taffy. I know. And then my Leo friends, same kind of deal. They're like, bro, Leo season is on some other shit. And I'm just like, maybe we all needed to be given that work (laughs) in 2019. And we had to just wait till we got to our specific times to really... It's like birthday licks, you know, um, except not actual licks. Imagine if you got actual licks on your birthday, like someone came up to you and licked you. I mean, maybe not someone coming up to you, but maybe someone who wanted to lick you licked you. That I could get behind. And by get behind, <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> so... <laughs> um. I just want to say, though, thanks to everyone who has stuck around. I know it's been a long time. Um, and I just want to say welcome to any new listeners. If for some reason you're here, stumbled upon this podcast by accident, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but hi. Hey again to people, like I said, who have been around for the long haul, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. I decided to bring my ass back to the mic, back to the stage, um, in honor of the two-year anniversary of this little show, this program, if you will. Um, yeah, that's right, y'all. It was back in 2017. I think the exact date might have been September 1st, 2017. So, I mean, by the time y'all hear this, it'll be off a little bit. But the point is, it was September 2017. Um, That's when this little ting here made her debut. Um, I had been working on it all summer. I had been doing a lot of research, really, like, getting hyped up about starting my own podcast. And it finally happened. She took off, bitch. Um... In September, two years ago, which is wild. I'm still talking on this thing. So happy freaking birthday to this little podcast. Just so y'all know, um, it's her podiversary. She's a toddler now. A podcast toddler. A podler, if you will. So that's why everything is on her own time. You know, not on nobody else's schedule. This is literally why it's the terrible twos or whatever. So, you know, yay. Happy birthday. Bon anniversaire or whatever. That's how I used to talk in French class. I would just like completely be sounding like like such a country Georgia girl. And my my teacher would always be like, you're not trying at all. And I'd be like, we like (laughs) a B plus. (laughs) On B plus is fine. <laughs> um, anyway, somehow I'm still doing this shit, you know, with large chunks of time taking place between episodes sometimes. But in all honesty, I mean, I think that just mirrors real life and people's real creative processes, you know. So thanks for being patient. Thanks for checking in. And thanks for like, you know, just still being here. Okay okay so i'm not gonna belabor that um let's eat some cake though 
I would love that. I've been craving that. You know, I love I love bread, as a one Oprah Winfrey um, said many a time on my television screen. Um, yeah, if you want to eat some cake, I mean, <laughs> hit your girl up. So, <laughs> as I'm jumping into this episode, I mean, now that we're fucking 69 minutes in, I just have a quick question, because I've been thinking about it a lot, and um, now that I'm kind of consolidating my social media platforms, trying to really pick and choose which ones I'm actually active on and, you know, doing things on, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, how people um, save media save things come back to it revisit it especially now that we have the bookmark option before people I don't know like I know for me I literally used to just copy the link and text it to myself or put it in an email thread so that I could come back to it later but you know the bookmark um, feature has changed the game on many of the apps so I want to ask a real ass question here with that in mind when you bookmark shit on Facebook, Twitter, IG, etc., do you actually go back and revisit those bookmarks? Or is it all just some BS you tell yourself? Like, <laughs> that sounded kind of like a self-drag, but I'm genuinely curious. Like, do y'all actually go and look back at that content? Um, or do you just bookmark it and just kind of never see it again? Like, is there like a wasteland, an abyss of all the bookmarked articles, tweets, information that you said you'd go and look at, and now it's just sitting in some sort of, what's that thing called? Purgatory. I'm just wondering. Um, I just realized that in all honesty, for me, this is my story. This is me, this is my story. For me, for moi, um, I really don't. I tell myself that I will, but... Who has time to be combing through two years worth of bookmarks? Like it all, it has to happen on my own time. Remember I'm a Gemini and just in general, a person whose mind is, is racing at all times. I have fucking 3000 tabs open on my laptop and inside my brain. I saw a tweet that was basically like being a Gemini is like having all these tabs open in your mind all the time. And that's literally what it feels like. I feel like, I have so many things I pin or I'm like, I'll come back to this. I'll come back to this. I'll come back to this. Even when I'm having a conversation with people, um, I will literally sit there and be like, so blah, 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 blah. And then something will pop up and I'll be like, bitch, but wait, let me tell you this. But pin what we were just talking about so I can come back to it. Like there's never a time when everything is just cleared out. It's always like even when you try to shuffle the clutter a little bit, something else pops up. So I love bookmarking things because sometimes, I mean, I know I'm not in a space to watch something. Like, if, if it's a video, I'm like, and I don't have my headphones. Because y'all know I uh, I hate when people play things out loud in public with no headphones. I just am always like, we don't all want to fucking hear that three-minute Cat Williams and Kevin Hart mashup video, bitch. Please put some headphones in. Or you fucking talking to your boyfriend about what goddamn pasta sauce to bring back kelly like shut the fuck up please put in some headphones put them in put them in so you know i like to if i'm out and i can't see a video or some audio or something i'll bookmark it and then i also send it to myself in my own dms 
I'm literally the only person in my DMs, so I don't have to worry about <laughs> combing through anything because no one ever, you know, we've been down this road. We know how this goes. But so I usually do that. Um, but the bookmarks just give me extra security because, you know, sometimes when there's no service, you'll send something and come back and there's a little exclamation point. That's basically a rude way of being like, bitch, that did not go through bookmarking. I'm like, I just I need the extra sense of security, you know, um, I need to be loyal to me the way no partner ever has been. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, I just have, I've been wondering that because as I'm like going through my like social media and looking at what the type of content that I'm holding on to or that I say I'm going to open up later or whatever else, I'm just like, I literally have never even gone back through my bookmarks, like unless I'm looking for something. Like if I tell someone I sent you this thing and I can't find it, I'll always go back and be like, did I bookmark it? <clears throat> but on a regular basis, no, I'm not going through it. And I don't know. That's kind of wild. So, I mean, if you do, I'm curious how you maintain that. Um, what do you do? I also don't know how to remove bookmarks on Twitter specifically. So once I bookmark something, it's there forever and ever and ever. Um, in case you couldn't tell, my voice is very, very tired. So it's taking a lot of me to push it out to speak. So you're going to hear some scratching and some, you know, weird vocals like when people are going through puberty. I am not going through puberty. Thank God. Um, that was a horrible time in my life, but my voice is very tired. So I'm pushing. OK, I'm really pushing, <clears throat> but she's a little tired. Anyway, if you have something particularly pressing in regards to the um, social media bookmarking discussion, please hit your girl up, your girl E underscore Dreezy on Twitter and IG or find the show just so y'all know with an exclamation point. You'll find it, I promise. Um, you get to see everything <laughs> that I've ever posted. I just go look for it. Um, or just, you know, hit me up via email. No one ever does, but I always like to give the option just so y'all know podcast at gmail.com. No exclamation points, no underscores, no nothing. Just raw and real. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just been curious cause I don't do shit with my bookmarks. So I'm going to take a quick break. You know, I need to rehydrate and then I'm going to just dive into some stuff real quick hopefully this won't be a super long episode you know I'm just getting my feet wet again you know a little dip dip um in the shallow end to get acclimated to my new work schedule my new school schedule and just trying to find out how I can still work on this podcast and put in the effort that I want to put in um while balancing everything so just be patient okay I'll be right back. <laughs> Ahem. Ahaha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm 
sorry. It's September, and that shit is still funny to me. Oh, God. I love that so much, and I love the internet. Um, so I'm about to jump into a little segment, a segment called <sighs> That Meat. This one's going to be pretty short, though. I'm really only talking about one or two things. Um, so this is more of like, you know, not really an entree, more of a starter plate, if you will. Um, like I said, I'm trying to keep this episode a little shorter as I jump back into things. Um, but hopefully I can get back to, you know, providing y'all with some top-notch quality, quality um, news and info. So there's really only two things, like I said, that I'm going to cover today. But do not think that this is the end of that meat. Because um, this meat <laughs> is endless. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's two quick things. The first one is just kind of ridiculous. But anyone who knows anything about my childhood knows that I relate to this. And it's just funny. And I feel like <sighs> some children are understanding the life <laughs> The life that I have lived. So this first one is about a Catholic school in Tennessee that has banned Harry Potter. Um, let me pull up the thing because I want to get the direct quote from the principal. Um, but basically, the gist is that they feel that having these kids read the Harry Potter books will conjure, has the potential to conjure evil spirits. And they just don't want witchcraft in the school. Like I said, for anyone who knows me, I grew up in a world without Harry Potter. Um, I was not allowed to read it. I didn't watch the movies. I mean, I saw like the first 20 minutes of the first one, thanks to ABC family, literally 669,000 times because every, you know what? It's coming up. Oh my God. I cannot believe it. It is coming up. When ABC Family, or the artist formerly known as ABC Family, now known as Freeform or whatever, does their, like, 25 Days of Christmas, their Halloween, you know, the um, uh, the marathon leading up to Halloween. Whenever they start doing their marathons, I know that the end of the year is coming. I feel, like, oddly comforted by that. But let me stick on topic. But I'm going to bring that back up. I already can feel it because... Freeform, like when I see the Halloween stuff, I'm like, oh, bitch, where that means I think about it. I have not had a fall where I'm not in school ever. Like, I have not stopped being in school. I'm going to continue to be in school for this program I'm doing now for another four years. Um, so there's never a time when that's on where I'm not in school. So I always like mark the semester <laughs> by what's on TV. Anyway, when they start doing their like Halloween shit and they have all of those Harry Potter marathons, every year they show it on repeat all fucking day, multiple days in a row and still I've only seen the first 20 minutes of the first movie. And then when I was in like high school or something, I don't even remember anymore. My friends took me to go see the seventh Harry Potter movie. So whenever that came out, I don't remember anymore. Maybe it was younger than high school, but I fell asleep in the movie theater and missed the entire movie. And 
not so shockingly, I've done that in plenty of movies. I get in there and knock the fuck out. It just happens. So, um, I mean, I know very little about Harry Potter, as I've said. I was not allowed to read it, watch it. Um, my parents are different from how they were when I was, like, young, young, but when I first showed interest in wanting to read it, my mom literally was like, take that back to the school. Like, do not check that out from the library. Take it back to the school. Um, she did not play that. She didn't want it in her house, which is wild for a lot of reasons, but yeah, she did not want that. Um, so while my friends were reading that, like, I just wasn't allowed to. And, you know, I was never the type of kid to not do what my parents said ever. <laughs> so, they told me I couldn't read it, and I was like, okay, I guess I can't read it. So this just hits close to home. Um, it's really ridiculous, and I think we know that. But, you know, it's Tennessee, and it's a Catholic school, which means they can do what the fuck they want. Um, let's see. I am trying to find the quote, but, you know, your girl, the Wi-Fi really acts like just because I paid a little late, ugh, all of a sudden I'm a bad guy. Um, yep, it's in Nashville, Tennessee. It says, blah, 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 blah. Homeboy said, oh, excuse me, a reverend there at the school said, um, books, the books include both good and evil magic, as well as spells, which, if read by a human, can, <laughs> read by, it's like, bro, who else is reading this? A fucking flock of birds? My pet snake? Like, bitch, what? Um, if read by a human can conjure evil spirits. So they don't want these kids reading these Harry Potter books because they don't want them to bring evil spirits because that would be the first time an evil spirit ever was in a Catholic school. Right? Right. Um, so the whole article on, I'm reading the one off of CBS news, but basically goes on and it's literally just, paragraphs of this like they just don't want them reading these spells and they don't want them saying them out loud and getting invested um and of course no one wants to comment now that it's been um, made public <laughs> that's always how it goes but it's just kind of funny and wild at this point I really don't have much else to say it just takes me back to my childhood I was one of those kids the point zero 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 six nine percent who never got to read it and it's just in 2019 you would kind of not still expect this but on the same there are a lot of things you wouldn't ex have expected for 2019 and yet here we are so who's to argue um I don't really know how this will go I don't know if they're even allowed to like ban it like that um but also, it doesn't stop kids from literally going to the library on their own or the bookstore or something. And I mean, it. come on. ABC Family, excuse me, the artist formerly known as ABC Family is going to continue to do those marathons. Honestly, I think until the world ends. I legit think whoever is left after everything burned to the ground and they're like looking for signs of civilization... I really think it's just going to be like one single TV screen somewhere randomly in the world. And it's still just going to be playing the Harry Potter movies <laughs> on a loop. <laughs> and that's going to be the only remnant of 
our society left over. So I'm just saying it's not going anywhere. That and the and the um the marathons of Bones and Supernatural on TNT every morning and Charmed. That's pretty much the trifecta. So I don't even know if TNT actually does original content anymore or if they just show those marathons. Um, I would like to see it. I would like to know. Anyway, so that's going on in Tennessee. Am I surprised? I mean, no. At this point, nothing surprises me, especially when it comes to um, the bounds of what white people think Christianity is in 2019. Anything that has to do with witchcraft, I mean, or Harry Potter and Christianity is always going to be a good time, a good laugh. So sorry to those children, I guess, but I've been there. I've, I turned out, I mean, like this and I never read Harry Potter. So <laughs> maybe y'all should read it. Um, and then my other thing that I want to talk about is a big one. It's, um, it's about Hurricane Dorian and the destruction that it has been causing in the Bahamas. Um, especially because, um, folks are already doing the usual, you know, thoughts and prayers going out to the Bahamas or like, I don't know, the way people have been like making light of it on social media and all this shit. But it's also kind of like, um, do these meteorologists know what the fuck is going on? Because we're getting all of the news in pieces and I feel like every two seconds they're like, it's a category si- fo- one point three net. Um, <laughs> and back to you, Jim. And you're like, what? They don't know what states they think it's going to hit. Like they it I get it. I'm being an asshole. Like there's things that they can't know and I get that. But it's just kind of wild because like people don't care unless it is specifically going to hit like their town in their state and wreck up their house. But this is a huge deal and I've been really trying to process and think a lot about um, the ways in which this is a pretty blatant example of environmental racism um, kind of branching out because the people that are being affected by this, um, the Bahamian people are black, okay? Um, A lot of black poor people specifically um and it's just really surreal for me to understand and like grasp this um i understand that this time of year is hurricane season we see a lot of like natural disasters around this time of year um And so I just feel like year after year, season after season, we see the same patterns and this is very just blatant and direct. Um, And it shows what people really care about. Um, 
And by that, I mean the United States. I mean rich white people. I mean, like, where do I begin? I don't. I recognize that the U.S. does not care about the black bodies in the Caribbean. Um, and they don't care about the poor. They don't care about, um, poor black and brown people. And that is not some revolutionary statement that's very watered down and basic, but it's the truth. Um, it, we saw what happened with Puerto Rico and freaking, New Orleans during Katrina. So we already understand what that kind of neglect looks like. And and that was for um, people who are part of the United States. Um, so we already know for other spaces, other entities especially when the populations are black, um, what the U.S. is going to do and how it's going to respond. And specifically with this um, person in office and with the, the state of this country as it is right now, like, I'm not surprised, okay? That doesn't mean I'm not hurt, but I'm just, I'm not surprised. And I don't want to shift this um, in a grimy direction because there have been a lot of people on at least Twitter that I've seen who have been complaining because they were supposed to be on vacation in the Bahamas. And so their whole Twitter rants are not about the people who are um, suffering right now and whose lives are being literally blown apart and swept away. Um, all of their comments are like, I'm just mad that like I didn't get to go on my vacation or they're just like making it about the, the luxury aspect of the Bahamas. They're talking about it like the, the space itself is a commodity and like there aren't real live people that live there and work there, um, who are whose everything is being turned upside down and whose lives are being devastated. So I don't want to come across like that, but I will say that I'm having a lot of time, um, a lot of trouble grasping everything that's going on because I literally have faces and names in my mind. Um, my family went on vacation to the Bahamas literally about a month ago. I think at this point and the videos that I'm seeing of what this hurricane is doing to homes, um, buildings, cars, people's entire lives just being ripped up from the ground and flooded and swept away. Um, seeing the same buildings that we got to walk by, um, drive by, to learn about all of these spaces that we got to visit as tourists are being blown apart and 
you know, when we were there, it was sunny and it was, you know, fun, lighthearted. Tourism is huge there. Um, and we wanted to experience the culture. And it's just so wild because, like, my mom specifically kept being like, you have to treat traveling like you you don't know whether you'll be back in that space again. So you should want to get the most out of it. And so, you know, we got to know people in the area we got to go downtown we got to really speak to to bahamian people and get to talk to them about the culture of the space and we really got to understand it as a place where other people live not just you know something you see on the internet or pictures you know white people love to be like oh the sandals brochure for the Bahamas looks fantastic. You know, shit like that. We got to really be out there and see the people in their, in their most, I guess, most raw state. You know what I mean? When you go past the touristy parts and get into the real guts of a, a city, um, I think that's where you see just the realest shit. And so this is hard because... Now I'm thinking about those people that we met, that we talked to. Um, and even just like getting to see the way of life there. And I know a lot of people drive for work. Like they are drivers. They drive um, tour. They do tour guides. Sorry. They are tour guides. Like they drive tour buses. They drive limos. They drive taxis. Like have multiple jobs where they're where they're driving that's like I've I I noticed a lot of that people who work in um come on what's the word in like the tourism industry all of this shit is blown away so it's just really frustrating to know that um places like the Bahamas and other Caribbean spaces where the bodies the ones being devastated, the ones losing everything, the ones having to rebuild are black. And this country, the same country and the same um, set of countries that donated, you know, an arm and a leg to put out that damn Notre Dame fire, um, an old ass building are the same ones. Just you hear crickets when it's time for things like this, for um, the protests in Sudan, the shit going on in Hong Kong, the fires in Brazil, in the Amazon. This is the same country that's silent on those matters and on those issues. But God forbid an old ass, dusty ass white people building uh, catches on fire with no casualties and we're ready to empty out our entire fucking bank account for that, you know? So it's I've just been really frustrated with that um, and the coverage of this thing and even just, again, how it's all geared towards like we're just anti- waiting to see if it hits Florida. It's like, forget that. I mean... Not forget that, but like, it's obvious to me that the actual Bahamian people are not the concern 
of the United States, even though they're the ones who are being completely devastated. And then you've got not to like jump all over the place, but then you have to think about the type of people who live on the outskirts of the states that are most likely to be affected. You're talking the Carolinas. That's literally the Geechee, the Geechee folks. Okay. Um, black. Okay. You're talking, um, poor people who can't evacuate. You're talking all sorts of intersections. Um, and everyone's just kind of standing around, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if this were fucking headed towards rich peopleville, New York or fucking DC, but only the, the white part, I mean, this would be considered like a national emergency. So I've just been really frustrated seeing the way that this is being covered and seeing the ways in which people are ignoring the gravity of of this situation because of who is being affected directly. Um, I do want to say um, thank you to whoever runs the social media for um, a, podca- a podcast called The Him Podcast, H-I-M, literally him, um, for tweeting out some resources other than the Red Cross. We've discussed this a bajillion times, but giving directly to the Red Cross is really, at this point, we know better. And there are other ways to ensure that the money you donate or the products you donate um, are really seeing the Bahamian people and going to where it needs to go to and not um, like donating just kind of to feel like you've done something and not ever really checking where your money goes. I really appreciated that. I will retweet it um, and share it with whoever wants that info. But I really appreciate like getting tangible, um, like being confronted with tangible ways to help. Um, yeah, I appreciate it when people come ready with the links. I like that. So... Those are really the two big things that I wanted to talk about today. Um, I ended up kind of going longer than I wanted to, but the point is a lot of shit is going on with the environment. A lot of shit is going on where these issues, these large scale issues always affect the poor first, always affect black and brown people first. And that's why places like the U.S. don't care until literally It's like rich whites that are getting affected. So y'all are so damn busy, you know, pressing me about paper and metal straws and shit, but not speaking out about capitalism in the U.S. And as we can see, it's literally killing us. It's killing people. It's killing. It's affecting people who have no control over it. Um, And even when I was there, something that I definitely noticed was that the Bahamas is not a place of waste. Um, they talked a lot about reduce, reuse, recycle, about the environment, about doing things and putting in measures to keep the environment beautiful, to keep trash off the streets. You know what I'm saying? They were very, very vocal and very involved in green initiatives, air quotes, green initiatives, which are really more about ways of life than 
like just reading something off a BuzzFeed article. And so that's what frustrates me even more is that like, especially a lot of white liberals TM love to like shame you about using a fucking plastic bag or a goddamn plastic straw. Um, but won't look at the bigger systemic issues. You have a whole culture where people are, are environmentally conscious. They're not the ones, um, putting shit out into the universe, literally hot ass gas. Um, but they're the ones that are being affected and are being devastated. And y'all are over here telling me to drink out of a fucking paper straw that'll melt two seconds after I put it in my goddamn drink. It's bigger than that is my point. And so I feel like sometimes people find things to pick on you for or to feel superior about like, okay, bitch, we get it. You have your own reusable bags. Like you don't have to shit on me every two seconds because just if you have reusable bags, but you still believe in capitalism, I'm not really trying to hear it. Or you think like the government is doing its job. (laughs) I don't need to hear anything from you. You know what I mean? So I've just been thinking a lot about that. Um, because it's just very surreal and it has been, I don't know. I don't know. So like I said, I'll retweet those resources and share them with anyone who wants that. Um, and I think, was there something else? Well, my shit is frozen. So nope, that's it. So I'm going to transition now into a segment that I like to call whatever happened. Um, And basically, it allows me to revisit my childhood, um, go through my daily nostalgia, um, and either talk about, you know, a fictional character or or an actual actor or actress or something um, from when I was growing up and kind of be like, you know, it's it's not quite the ones that we hear about all the time or the ones that stayed in the limelight. It's the ones that you don't really think about, but then when you're reminded, you're like, oh, shit, whatever happened to blah, 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 blah. So this man's came into my mind. He's been on my mind before, you know. But after um, we all saw Allison Stoner pop back up, um for the VMAs to join Missy Elliott on stage and, you know, do some choreo and really remind us that she was that girl, uh, back in the day with her little dance moves. She was really going in, you know, people remember Alison Stoner for being the white girl, (laughs) the white dancer in Missy Elliott's videos. Okay. Um, but she gets a lot of, of attention. She, I think that she maybe wrote an article or something last year and she was talking about her sexuality about life you know as a grown adult woman um and just about like her life since then and what the type of projects and things that she's been involved in she has come up a lot that's my point it's easy to find out what Allison Stoner has been up to see you see her um coming up all the time and obviously she was just at the VMAs she's kind of re-entering the limelight in that way but what I want to know 
please strap in for this. Like I'm talking double strap. <laughs> okay. Maybe not double strap. That's a different type of extreme sport, but really <laughs> strap in. Okay. I want to know whatever happened to Mike from Mike's super short show. Now this ties in for those who are really, really just re- were in the cut with the Disney shit. First of all, kudos to you because you are that bitch, first of all. Um, Mike's Super Short Show was basically this, I mean, it was literally in the title, it was a super short show. I'm not sure what else to tell y'all, but it was basically about this boy named Mike and his sister Sally, who was played by Allison Stoner, and they would like interview people from Disney Channel, talk to you about upcoming movie releases and stuff like that it was kind of like an okay okay sorry I got distracted because my music randomly started playing and I was just kind of like um or but what I was gonna say was that it was kind of like a uh an offshoot not not an offshoot but kind of like another version of channel surfers for anyone who fucking remembers that Disney channel surfers I just have random knowledge about that so Please don't think that you can out um, trivia me on this one because I really be waxing them when it comes to this. But they would talk about like, okay, Lilo and Stitch DVD is coming out, blah, blah, blah. But it was always memorable because it was literally like 69 seconds. And at the end, they'd be like, this was my super short show. Okay, it just went off. It went the fuck off. And. It was like a little cute little thing. I remember thinking Allison Stoner's real name was Sally after the all this. So I was like, what? Her name is Allison? That's not Sally. But apparently the dude's real name is Mike. So after I saw Allison Stoner, I was like, bro, what the fuck ever happened to Mike? So I went digging on the internet and this is what I found. First of all, like I said, This young man's real name is indeed Mike. Um, His real name is Michael Johnson. Okay, well, everything's freezing, so I'm just going to have to wait, bitch. Okay, there we go. So his full name is Michael Allen Johnson. He was born in 1990. I need to look up his sign. Um, You know, basically after Virgo, I get a little mixed up. So I know he was born in October, but whoops, wrong thing. But I don't remember his sign at this moment. I'll have to look it up and see. I'm going to just tell y'all this, though. Call me Tamara Maori ass bitch all you want. He's definitely the type of white man that I would really break a lot of my personal rules for. He looks good to me. Please do not hit me up talking about, no, he don't, shut the fuck up, he looks good to me, to me, um, he just has such a nice smile, bitch, like, he really grew into that head, ooh, he looks so good, he looks so good, he looks so good, um, but basically, Mike Johnson, first of all, what a bland-ass name, that's such a white man name, he basically just kind of faded into the background and became a regular person, um, through some digging, I found his personal blog. Yes, your girl is a real super sleuth. And it says, 
<clears throat> and I quote, as of 2016, so obviously things could have changed. It's got this this pic of him looking off to the side all goofily, and he just looks so good in it. It says, hi there. I could totally see him saying hi there like that. Hi there. I'm Michael. I'm lots of things, but here's my bottom line. Ex-child actor living in Seattle, staffer at Peace Corps, artist and crafter, New York Times crossword enthusiast, and political junkie. And then he gives where you can find him on IG, uh, at M-M-J-A-Y 12, just in case anyone's wondering. So, you know, I'm scrolling, I'm looking, and I'm like, ooh, this pic looks a little, <laughs> um, how you say, gay, right? It's him and this man's all cuddled up real close, like they about to kiss. And I'm like, but whatever. Then I start scrolling some more, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And um, I think that he might indeed, at least if he's not gay, he is at least not straight. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I just want to put out there for the 69,000th time that I think he is a very attractive young man. He looks so good in literally every single one of these pictures. Gives me lots of hipster vibes. Lots of like, he's taking all these pics as Polaroids, you know, y'all love a Polaroid. Um, side profiles and shit, he just looks very good. And you can definitely see like his <laughs> his old self, but he is a fine young gentleman. So of course, I will be following him on IG, you know. Um, even if he hasn't posted in three years, that's none of my business. He just looks good and I like these photos of him. So thank you for giving us that, um, Michael, not even Mike, just Michael. He definitely gives me Michael vibes. So that's what he's been up to. He really like did not act in anything else. He was in, um, a few things before Mike's super short show, but Mike's super short show was his last thing that he acted in. Um, and then he went off the grid and became a regular dude with a boyfriend and like a life and shit living in Seattle allegedly I next time I go maybe I'll bump into him or something and my life will be complete <sighs> so we'll see maybe we'll go out for drinks and he'll tell me he has a crush on me and <laughs> all I'm saying is I would not be opposed to that so <laughs> Michael if you're out there um <laughs> you've got a friend in me you know what I'm saying so I am um, yeah, he just crossed my mind. Allison Stoner has been back in the public eye and all that shit. And so I just wanted to kind of be like, you know, where the fuck did Mike go? So now we know his real name was actually Mike. And um, he's just a regular dude now. He didn't act in anything else. He's an ex-child actor, as he said in his bio. <sighs> oh, Michael, 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 Michael. Let me see about this birth chart because I'm serious. I need to know his sign. Uh, you know, after some recent developments, certain signs are off limits. So I just, I need to check because if it's certain ones, it's a waste of time. But I feel like early October, I think, what is that? Let's see. Virgo goes from August to end of September. Then it's uh, Scorpio. No, please don't. 
know. He's a Scorpio. <sighs> well, that crush was short-lived, so thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. That's my impression of um, Squidward Tortellini, um, a.k.a. Squidward Tennis Balls. Where is his birthday? I just want to confirm. God. October 3rd, 1990. He is a fucking Scorpio. Uh, I might cry. I don't. I didn't deserve this. You know what I'm saying? Um, now I need to double check because I don't want to slander him if he's really not. I'm going to the Internet. October 3rd. Zodiac. Yeah, y'all are going to follow me here. Okay, I take that back. My man's is a Libra. Yes, I'm really getting more into, I'm tapping more into um, my fellow air signs and really learning how to connect with them. He's a Libra, baby. I can work with that. I have my, let's see, my rising is in Libra, so... You know, that's a lot of air sign energy. I think we could really work together, you know, baby. So just, um, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I'm so glad he's not a Scorpio. I almost lost my shit. I was going to have to just cancel it all. But, um, yeah. So that's it for um, whatever happened. To Again, the mans of the hour is Michael... Alan Johnson. He was Mike from Mike's Super Short Show. He's really just living his regular um, hipster white boy lifestyle right now. And if he ever, you know, want to hit me up, I'll be here. That's all I'm going to say. Now, before I head out, as we see, this episode ended up being long anyway. Even though I tried to make it not, um, it just, you know, I could talk and talk and talk. Um, but before I head out, I just want to give way for a new movement, okay? And that is gap tooth appreciation. People on Twitter like to do threads. Um, and a lot of times it's just like people fishing for compliments and they'll be like, all right, everyone, I want to see, l- let's do a fine man who are six feet or taller with glowing skin and six figure jobs and two master's degrees thread. And you're like, okay, honestly, Wesley, if you don't sit your ass down and just say you want people to confirm for you that you're attractive and desirable, bitch, please. This is not what these threads are for. Stop the madness, but it's whatever. These threads came in all different shapes and sizes. Like, and honestly, between the Scopa to Mana, and the Popeye's chicken sandwich, I couldn't take any other viral content this summer. Um, But these threads were everywhere, like everywhere. However, a thread that I did not see was one for gap tooth people. Okay. We live a very complicated life out here. And I just, I want more gap tooth appreciation. Um, Moments in gap tooth history, some might even say, specifically for black people. Um, 
you know, as time goes on, I may talk about some other things. You have, you know, Lady Gaga and the London look. Um, but I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about black people and our gaps and how people, even our own folks at times, treat us like we're ugly and undesirable strictly because of them. Um, so I will be giving y'all some gap tooth icons over the course of time this season and you're going to respect it. Okay. You are going to respect it. So in honor of our first ever gap tooth appreciation discussion, a gap tooth icon, I'd like to start with a throwback, um, from the proud family. Now, while that show clearly had some issues with colorism and classism, the show overall was still pretty impactful on many of our childhoods. I've discussed it plenty of times. Um, and one of my first memories of gap tooth representation, the one we all deserve, um, something we need more of, came from the Proud family. Um, actually, it was an underrated episode, okay? It was, I want to say it was like early on, it was like episode six. But you know, people don't really remember, you know, they start to show the shit um, back when they were doing reruns. You see the same like seven episodes and they're not in order. But this was an early episode. Um, and it was called easy jackster so e like big e big z jackster and basically it's just like penny listens to this dude this young man named mega um about the world of essentially like pirating music (laughs) i mean it's very telling of the time it was basically disney being like y'all keep using limewire and frostwire if you want but one day you're gonna get got murked out here some might say but the point is the whole episode penny is traveling through like the internet um with this dude like they're in the matrix like literally it's it's a play off the matrix he's like wearing all black and sunglasses and shit um but honestly this dude mega was the first gap tooth representation i had ever seen on screen that i can remember um so today we remember Mega and his very distinct gap, the all black fit and his locks. He really, he came through trying to teach Penny the ways of um, Easy Jackster, which was basically like Napster and LimeWire together. Um, so the creators of the Proud Family really did that. Even if he was trying to convince Penny to use Easy Jackster and get her fucked up, like, I mean, he was still a boy, and boys have no problems trying to ruin your life, so take it with a grain of salt, but let us have this, okay? That has been our moment in Gap Tooth history for today. Thank you all. Um, More to come. So with that, we've successfully made it through another episode of Just So Y'all Know. It's been real, fam. Don't forget to follow me, your girl, E underscore Dreezy, a.k.a. FKA Twix, on Twitter.com or IG. Um, Follow the show there as well. I have like a show page and my own individual pages. You can also go to SoundCloud. Just type it just so y'all know. You'll find it. Um, What else? What else? What else? Yeah. Like this little project rate this little project subscribe tell you 
Did I just say, yes, subscribe. Tell your friends, you know what I'm saying? But not your parents. You feel me? Until next time. Bye now. Oh, yeah. And also, happy birthday to this little podcast. Like, woo, woo, woo. I feel like I should turn up, like, a slight function, you know? Nothing major. But also, like, very major. Because I've been doing this for two years now, somehow. And I've gained six whole followers. Woo. Six very loyal ass people in my life um, to listen to this when they get around to it. I appreciate that. And I appreciate y'all. Um, I have learned a lot about, I don't know, like everything, myself, the world, the internet, how to channel my creative surges and how to construct something, you know, like this. So yeah, I've met some awesome people. I've gotten into some great podcasts, some great content. Um, it's been fun and I'm still learning and evolving and shit. So if you want to stick around for that transformation, I mean, thanks a lot. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. Um, yeah, and that's really it. Oh, also, this goes out to everyone who has recorded with me over the past couple of months. I promise you, your episodes will come out. They won't get lost forever. It just takes me a lot to edit them and move shit around and, and polish up the rest of the episodes, but they're coming. They're hidden gems. You know what I mean? And I appreciate everyone who's participated and has reached out to me and asked me like, hey, I want to work on your podcast or hey, I want to be a part of your podcast. Um, and I appreciate y'all's patience for real. I promise I'm not like dicking around. It's coming. <laughs> oh, it's coming. <laughs> OK, bye. <laughs> Mike really glowed up, huh? Magic Mike, baby. Mike's super short show, but <laughs> he can love you long time. <laughs>